Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday, February 20th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'll be taking you guys through the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. A uh, little bit of news to talk about today, guys. A couple of fighting announcements. Definitely uh, a big, t- somewhat big title fight coming up in the UFC. Um, a few other fight announcements. One championship announced a bunch of fights, which is interesting, and Bellator announced a pretty good signing here. Uh, so let's get right into today's show. I'm going to start with a fight announcement. Usually I do this at the end, but I want to talk about this one because it is a pretty big fight. Valentina Shevchenko is returning to the Octagon June 6th when she takes on Joanne Calderwood at UFC 251. The last few years, this pay-per-view in June has been in Chicago, and I'm kind of expecting it to be there as well. And, of course, Valentina did fight in Chicago last year against Jessica I knocked her with a brutal head kick. So it does make sense for this a uh, card to take place in Chicago for Valentina to return on it. And I'm expecting Valentina versus Joanne Calderwood to be the co-main event of this card. I expect, uh, I'm not sure what title fight's going to be in the main event. It's hard to say at this point because uh, they're, they're still kind of working on the schedule. But definitely, uh, you know, potentially it could be Stipe versus DC, possibly. Um, I doubt it's Jones and Usman. I think they're going to be fighting in July. Connor's probably going to fight at some other point. So, yeah, I mean, the headweight title fight's definitely a possibility. Maybe Israel Asanya if he can get it, get through you all quickly. Although I doubt that's the that's going to be what happens there. Um, Tahuta is obviously booked. Uh, I I don't know. It's hard to say. Maybe the featherweight title fight could be Volkanovski, possibly if he's healthy enough to return in June. So, anyways, I, I'll I'll speculate on that some other point. But I do want to talk about this fight first. Shevchenko versus Calderwood. And honestly, it looks like another fight that Valentina is going to be a massive favorite for, and it's hard to blame the odds makers if they do open her as like a minus 1000 favorite once again i mean she's just on a rampage right now at flyweight i even know since dropping on the flyweight just coming off a really nice win over chukagian smashed her on the ground took her down crucifix position just raining down elbows and punches got the win there she won the title the vacant belt against yuana yuan jacek at usc 231 in december 2018 since then defended it three times in dominating fashion against i chukagian and jessica or not liz carmouche so she's looked great, and uh, yeah, I just don't see anyone beating her really in this division. I think her only challenges are really at 135, where, of course, Amanda Nunes is her greatest challenge, but there could potentially be other fights there. You know, Calderwood, I will say this, you know, stylistically, this is an interesting fight because she is a striker, and the fight's probably going to take place in the feet, but the fact that she just lost to Chikagian last year on that same card again in Chicago last year, the one I got knocked out on by Shevchenko, you and Calderwood lost to that. Lost on that card to Caitlin Chikagian, who didn't look very good against Valentina. You know, I, I know that doesn't always work, but this is someone who's kind of struggled a little bit since dropping down flyweight or moving up to flyweight, I should say. Uh, she is at flyweight uh, three and one since moving down. So I would say struggled, but her wins aren't that great. I mean, Lipsky is not a great fighter. Faria isn't on the UFC anymore. Andrea Lee's a decent win, but it was a split decision. There's been nothing in Joanne Calderwood's game that says to me she's going to go in there and beat Valentina Shevchenko. I don't see her giving her much of a chance, to be honest with you. Hopefully she's durable enough where the fight does go a little bit longer and a little bit more competitive than the last fight with Chikagian, but I, I just can't see it happening. I, I think Valentina swoops the floor with her once again. And it's not really Valentina's fault. There's just not that much competition right now in this division. It's just it's Valentina's division, guys. That's what it is. And uh, you know these fighters she's fighting are just – basically placeholders until Valentina eventually moves up back up to 135. Kevin Scott 
Volkanovski, Jones, Stipe, Nunez, only other champs currently locked book. Yeah, I'm thinking it's probably Volkanovski, Kevin. Um, that'd be interesting, right? If Manny Nunez fights someone on that card, and then you have Valentina's commitment. That does make sense. Jones will not be fighting the card. I, I doubt it. I think he'll fight an international fight against Jan or Reyes. And then Stipe, you know, maybe they just do that fight in the summer with DC. I really have no idea what's going on with those guys. It's kind of annoying, right? Like, we just want to see the heavyweight title fight. That could be the fight, though, but... The one I'm thinking about probably Volkanovski. You mentioned Nunez. That does make sense too. But yeah, I definitely expect Valentina versus Joanne to be coming event on that card, not main event. All right, let's get some other news here. Uh, Don Cerrone said yesterday on his Instagram he's hoping to return in March or April. I mean, this guy's crazy. He just got knocked away by McGregor last month. He was medically suspended for six months for orbital and nose fractures, if I'm not mistaken. And he still wants to come back soon. The guy's a nutcase, but we all love him. I don't know, man. I think he should need to take some more time off. The UFC should really you know, push him to, to really rest up here. Um, I can't blame the guy for wanting to get back in there, especially after we saw his purse wasn't very high. I think it was only 200000 Probably getting bonuses, but still, I mean, it wasn't very good for that card, like considering how much money the UFC made, how much Connor made. I can't blame the guy for wanting to come back fight soon and make a paycheck, but at the same time, I mean, Barcha is in two weeks. Like, there's no way in hell he should be fighting then. And then April, most of those cards are booked up. Don't think that's going to happen. You know, it's hard to say what's going to what's going to be next for him too, because really, like, if you look at his losses, you got to be fair, Donald. Like, you lost to McGregor, you lost to Ferguson, you lost to Gaethje, three of the top five guys in the world. So we got to give him some credit there at least. But he has been losing in bad fashion, like by TKO and all three of those fights. It's not like these were close decisions. He's getting beat up and getting finished. So that does scare me a bit. I think he needs to take some more time off. I mean, come back in the summer or something like that. I don't think March or April is very realistic. We'll see if the UFC gives him what he wants. He's obviously known for being extremely active. He's the most active fighter in the UFC history. He fights more often than anyone in UFC history. But at this point, I mean, after three straight TKO losses, and I think he's 37 now, he needs to take a break, man. Really, he does. Just, you know, enjoy your time with your family, man, and and uh, come back later. But again, he probably just wants to make some money, and you can't blame him for that. You can't fault the guy for wanting to make money. It's just that... Sometimes the UFC's got to step in and kind of help these guys when uh, they're just being too anxious to get back in the octagon after a beating like the last fight where he got knocked out in brutal fashion by McGregor. Dustin Poirier, he's also hoping to come back. He wants to come back in May now. I mean, he's been trying to get back the fight for a while now. He has not fought since last September when he fought Habib. So it's been a while since Poirier's fought. He was choked out in that fight. It's not like he got, you know, knocked out or something. He's just taking a lot of time off and, Cleared his mind, I guess. He wanted to fight Nate Diaz. That's not going to happen. So it's hard to say at this point who's going to be. But uh, I Quinta does make sense. Maybe if he moves to 170, there's some new matchups there for Poirier as well. Um, Poirier, before the Habib fight, had a six-fight unbeaten streak, including a nice win over Max Holloway, which is huge, obviously, and some other big wins in there, too. So the guy's a beast. He's a great fighter. Gaethje knocked out as well. I mean, Anthony Pettis, Jim Miller beat. Like, he had a really good win streak there. Um but, uh, you know, the division right now is a little bit different than it was a year ago when you didn't have Connor in it. Now that Connor's back in the picture, Poirier's kind of been knocked out of that title rung for the time being. So that's kind of why he's, I think, thinking about moving to 170, where it's kind of a fresh start. But I think 155 is probably the best home for him. I think Iquit is a good kind of bounce back fight for him. It's not an easy fight, but it's definitely a winnable fight. He is higher ranked than Ally Quintus, so that kind of throws a wrench in it. But, you know, unless he wants to take Justin Gaethje, which I think is a good fight, good rematch, I can't really see any other matches really making sense at 155. So maybe it's 170, not sure, but it is nice to see Poirier want to come back. I know a little, like, uh, maybe two weeks ago, he was talking about the Nate Diaz thing. He said he was offered for uh, 
I can't remember what card it was, but he said there's a, a show in California. I think it was in May. I'm not sure if that's a pay per view or if that's going to be a fight night card in California, but potentially that could be a fight night card where he headlines or even a pay per view just on. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, it's good to see Poria back. Very exciting fighter. Corey Masvidal says he'll fight Habib Nurmagomedov for the right offer. Basically, he says that putting down to 155 is just really hard for him at this point. He needs IVs to cut down. He's not able to do that anymore. But he says for the right offer, he would you know basically train harder and, and cut the weight differently. I don't see this fight happening, but it would be an interesting fight if it were happening. You know, it's unfortunate Masvidal was not able to uh, stay at 155, I guess, because this would have been a really intriguing fight. But, hey, you know what? He kind of grew out of the weight class, and, again, he says he can't do it without IV. So sports changed from what it was a few years ago. And, honestly, Masvidal looks so good at 170. Why would he even move back down? I will say it's an intriguing fight, though, if it does happen. And, you know, most people would obviously pick Habib there, but Masvidal is very good wrestling and a very good striker, so it would be very interesting as well. Uh, let's get some questions here. Consider Rondo G. Valentina about to break a defense record for female fighters with these defenses. Not her fault. The other girls ain't her level. She can't get alien species better skills somewhere. That's funny. Yeah, Amanda Nunes, I Ronda Rousey, I think, has the record right now, if I'm not mistaken. Let me go double check Ronda's record here. Ronda had in female divisions, you didn't say what division, obviously, flyweight, you know, it's her record to break because she's the only champ there. UFC record, uh, Ronda Rousey has six defenses of the title so of the women's bangway title and then man Nunez has let's see here one two five okay so ronda right now is the record i think man Nunez probably gets that record at some point but yeah ronda right now is the record but you're right kenshiro there's no way that uh anyone beats valentina 125 i can't see it happening man there's just no one out there i mean joan color right again you know decent fighter stylistically a decent matchup for her but because she's a striker but still Kevin Scott, how about how about May to in Oklahoma City for a Cowboy Pettis rematch as that fight night main event? That could be an interesting fight. Actually, we saw them fight a few years ago. Actually, it was back in like 2011, 2012. Now Pettis knocked out Cowboy um, with a body kick, and uh, yeah, it'd be an interesting rematch. And they, they could do that at 172 actually because Pettis is going to bounce back there as well. That'd be an interesting fight. Kevin Scott, Valentina's reign is fun. Remember, nobody could ever dream about being wrong until they did. Joanna wasn't beatable too until she wasn't. It's just how the sport goes sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's okay, but the last fight, honestly, I was kind of bored by the last fight. I just didn't see Kagan giving her a chance to, to even be competitive, and she wasn't. So hopefully, Joanne Keller is a little bit more competitive, but I, I just don't, don't see that happening. And Kitsura Rare Duju thinks that Dante breaks it in three more title defenses. That's possible for sure. All right. Uh, Here's a pretty good signing here. Bellator signed Ross Houston, who's actually a really good prospect from Cage Warriors, former Cage Warriors welterweight champion. Really nice signing here by Bellator. He was released by Cage Warriors, mutual release uh, a few weeks ago. He hasn't fought since last June when he uh, had this crazy fight with Nicholas Dalby. The, the, uh, the canvas was so bloody that the referee had to stop the fight because both guys couldn't even stand on the canvas. It was so slippery, which is crazy, right? But yeah, this guy's been fighting since 2016. He's 8-0. Uh, and won no contest in his career, hasn't lost yet. A lot of his wins are by decision, but uh, he does have a couple finishes. He did win the belt, uh, the uh, Cage Warriors welterweight title over Stefano Paterno in October 2018. Didn't have a successful title defense, but only had one chance against Dolby. Dolby signed with the UFC after that fight. I'm a little surprised Houston didn't go to the UFC as well, but I think that Belter's a good spot for him because they do so many events in Europe, and this guy could really be someone they build around. He is from Scotland. He's very popular in that part of the world, and I think that he'll probably headline one of these Bellator European Series cards. Makes a lot of sense for him personally, uh, and I'm sure they're paying him really well. So good for this guy. 
I'm not sure who he's going to fight in his debut. They'll probably give him a, I don't want to say it, but they'll probably give him a cannon in his debut. I mean, they do that a lot for these European guys. They match them up with really, uh, you know, fighters that aren't in there. <laughs> Basically, they aren't uh, at the same level. Like, look at Michael Page's like last goal fights. That's kind of what I expect here for Ross Houston. But, yeah, this guy could be a big star for them in Europe for sure. Couple finance here. UFC Lincoln gets a heavyweight bout. Rafael Pessoa against Alexander Romanov. Heard some good things about this Alexander Romanov guy. Um, let's take a look at him here. Alexander Romanov. MMA. There's a hockey player named Alexander Romanov as well. But the MMA fighter, he's 11 and 0, 20, 29 years old. He's from uh, Moldova. And looking at his record here, he has not lost since debuting in 2016. As far as notable wins goes, I guess the only notable real win he has is Virgil Wicker, who's a former Bellator fighter and Strikeforce fighter. He did finish him in 2018. All his wins are by stoppage, actually. So really good prospect for what I'm looking at. I, I need to see tape on this guy. I'll admit I haven't seen tape on him yet. So uh, can't really give a scouting report right now. But uh from what I've heard, he's a very good prospect. And again, the record says it all. He does have a couple of Ezekiel tropes as well. So this guy's very dangerous, clearly. Rafael Pessoa, 10 and 1 in the UFC, or excuse me, in MMA, and he's 1 and 1 in the UFC. He lost to Cyril Gone in his debut. Tough loss, obviously, against a beast like that. And then he beat Jeff Hughes in his last fight, which is obviously obviously a pretty good win. Jeff Hughes at one point was a good prospect. So um, I'm expecting Romanoff to be favored. I, I need to see some tape on this guy before I give you guys an opinion about him. But uh, from what I'm reading, it means definitely got a good record. I mentioned that one championship announced a bunch of fights. So uh, I've already talked about this one, but Demetrius Johnson's next fight against Adrian Marais, that's coming up soon. And uh, Eddie Alvarez also had his fight announced. I already talked about the Demetrius Johnson fight, so I don't want to get back into that one. But the Eddie Alvarez fight was just announced. He's going to be fighting this guy named Seged Hussein Arslanaliev. Again, I'll admit I don't really know much about this guy either, but uh, let's take a look at him right now. Sherdog, 8-2, 25 years old, Russian fighter. Okay, he's coming off a loss to Christian Lee, who's a very popular fighter there. He does actually have a nice knockout win over Timothy Nasty Yukin, who actually just knocked out Eddie Alvarez. So that's a really good win for him, obviously. Um, Nasty Yukin is a very dangerous fighter, as we know. And just looking at his record, a lot of his wins have come in one championship. So an experienced fighter there. Um, also has a win over Amir Khan, not that Amir Khan, a different one, but yeah, I mean, this guy's a good record for sure. And then Eddie Alvarez, what else can I say? I mean, this guy is a stud. He's just one of the greatest lightweights of all time. Since joining one, he is one and one. Baka lost to Timothy Nasty. You can kind of a surprise there last March. It's a bit almost a year crazy enough. And then he beats uh, Edward Falliang, which was a solid win for him uh, via submission. Yeah, I mean, you got to favor Eddie Alvarez, but at the same time, I mean, if he's going to be a huge favorite again, like, I don't think it's going to be worth betting on. You know, and Eddie Alvarez is a guy who bets on his fights himself. So I think even he tell you don't bet on this fight at minus 1,000 odds. Well, I'd hope he'd tell you that because this Saeed guy is definitely a dangerous fighter from what I can see here. So, yeah, I'll have to read more about him. I don't know a ton about him. One championship is definitely not my forte. Um, follow a little bit, but uh, definitely not as much as UFC or Bellator, obviously, or PFL. But, uh, yeah, definitely an interesting fight there. Let's see what else I got here. Rather, news are out there today. Hmm. Well, the press conference yesterday for Wilder and Fury was pretty crazy. They're they're both going at it, pushing each other for show, obviously. But yeah, that fight's gonna be sick, guys, this weekend. And uh, let's see what the odds are now. 
They were pretty close the other day, but Fury's a small underdog. Let's take a look at that. Um, and also, I uh, should mention James Haskell, the rugby star, has signed with Bellator, as we know, and now his debut has been confirmed with Bellator London. And as far as the odds go for that fight, it is. Dante Waller is still the favorite. Minus 120, Fury plus 100. So you can still get plus money on Tyson Fury. I kind of lean towards him, but I, I don't think that's a fight I want to bet on personally. I think it can go either way. Henry Sehu apologized for his aunt, uh, not Aunt Jemima comment, but Al Jemima comment, which obviously has a racist connotation to it. I'm not convinced he said it to be racist on purpose. I just think he didn't really know. He's apologized for it. Karen Bryant, who's a UFC broadcaster, she called him out on it. It was a stupid thing for him to write, but at the same time, I really don't think he was trying to be racist. I think he's just trying to be cringy, and I, I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not convinced that Henry Cejudo is racist by any means. I think he's just trying to generate attention with his tweets and his photos and all this stuff. The guy's kind of a joker. In in this case, I think he just didn't understand that what he wrote was. Uh, potentially racist comment and obviously some people were very bothered by it so good for him to at least apologize though you know a lot of guys wouldn't have said anything but that's good that he did say something uh pedro munoz he's looking for a fight he hasn't fought since last year when he fought Aljamain sterling who i just mentioned he wants to fight either guy favor or frankie edgar i mean i guess those fights make sense i would assume that munoz wanted someone ranked high but i guess he just wants to fight at this point i know ryan hall is calling out i don't know what happened there and uh that's what it Brent Primus looking at free agency. No, uh, we already knew that, I think, because he doesn't get any fights in Baltimore. It's going to see if anything else changed as far as the odds go, but uh, here. Let's see. Okay. Montgomery comments here. Three fight cards, one weekend. I mean, arguably four. You got two Bellator cards, one UFC, and then the boxing card. So three MMA cards, like you said, and then one UFC card, or one boxing card, excuse me. Kevin Scott, if you're going to bet that fight, it's either Waller by a KO or a Fury by a decision or another draw. Yeah, I mean, if you bet on a draw, it'd be interesting, right? Uh, Kevin Scott, who is a racist, just a dork. Montgomery Whitmore is a black man. I will say Henry was a racist. It's called dark humor. I Again, I'm with you on that one, man. I don't think he was either. But, uh, you know, in this day and age, you kind of got to be careful what you write on social media for sure. And in this case, there are some racist connotations, I guess, to what he said. But, again, you know, I'm glad that you just at least apologized and we can move on from this. I think that Karen Bryant maybe got a little too offended by it, but you know, again, it's uh, something that wouldn't affect me personally. Although I've seen what you said, uh, Montgomery, save the racist card for actual racist comments. Yeah, I'm with you on that too, man. I think we'll definitely get a little too offended these days, and then when something actually happens, they, uh, I mean, they're they're, offend they're still offended just the same. It's crazy. Um, like I said, just looking at the odds right now, nothing's really changed. No new odds out. Myself and Cole Shelton, we broke down that card on Tuesday. So definitely go back and check it out. Uh, Cole picked a lot of dogs. I picked a few as well. It's going to be a good card this weekend. I'm excited for it, guys. UFC on ESPN Plus 26, Felder versus Hooker. I saw the stare down. looked really good. saw the stare down on Crude and Alexiak. That looks like a good fight, too. Both guys, very, very big, light heavyweights. This should be a good one. And I think that's going to be it. All right, guys. So that's it for today's show. But I'll be back tomorrow for the Friday edition of the podcast, which should be good as always. Once again, I appreciate uh, all the comments, guys. I love uh, having the comments and answering questions. So in the meantime, follow me on Twitter at MM Adam Martin. And you guys can also check me out at BJPen.com. 
MMAoddsbreaker.com and MMARatings.net. Once again, guys, appreciate the support. I really do. Have a good one, guys. I'll be back tomorrow. Bye.